Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, and uh, you can look at that in John 1, about verse 40. And, and now he comes by and he sees uh, Andrew and, and Peter, and, and they're out there fishing. And Jesus just looks at him and says, hey, come follow me. And, and the Bible says that they immediately followed him. And then you, you go on down and, and you look and you, you read a little bit further and, and verse 20, 21 says, and going uh, on from there, he saw the two sons, the two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee's, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee and, and he looked at them and he says, follow me. And immediately, you notice immediately, you know, a lot of times I, I was telling them this morning, a lot of times uh, I find myself, I can actually hear the Lord speak and I find myself saying, Lord, I really don't want to do that. You know, Lord, uh, I, I really don't want to go that way. And Louise mentioned something in Sunday school about the lesson. She was teaching something that really spoke to my heart. She says, how many of she, she told us, she asked us, how many of us don't follow the Lord? Because we're, we're, we're worried more about what somebody else is going to say. And, and I, I wonder, is when, when the Lord, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, uh, do we really worry about what somebody's going to say about us more than, than we do with what God's going to say? See, see, we should think more of what God thinks than more of what Warren thinks. You, you, you should think more of what God thinks than what your, your, your friend at school or your friend in college or your friend at work are your employees are, are your, don't tell your wife, I told you, but even more than what your wife says are more than what your husband says. Now, now that comes up right up under the Lord. I, I believe husbands and wife, that's right there under the Lord, okay? But it's under Him. But I think as partners, even God will, would, would help us agree on what to do if we're partnered to do it. L listen, guys, we, we don't need to follow some of these things. We don't need to follow a man. We don't need to follow a person. You know, a lot of people wants to uh, follow a movement or, or something that somebody's doing. We, we want to get excited. You know, we, we want to we want to we want everything exciting in our life now, because because if you don't, man, you can pull this up here and you can get any kind of exciting thing that you want to see on here. Unfortunately or fortunately, you, you can you can see anything. It, it's at the tip of our hanger, our hands. And we're, we're a Burger King people. We want it our way and we want it now. And, and, and see, God don't work that way. God, God, God makes us wait and God works on us and, and he, he has to work and open things up, you know. And, and we, we can't take that. We, we, we want to manipulate church and we want to manipulate the things in our life and we want to manipulate them to make them work and work now and work the way I want them to work. And, and it don't work, folks. I mean, we can look in America today and we see that it don't work. We, we, we have got away from the Lord. We, we've, got, we've got away from what he wants and, and we've got away from his belief. You know, when I was growing up and when some of you were growing up, what was wrong then is right now and what was right then is wrong now. But see, in God's word, if you believe in him, then what he said was wrong 2,000 years ago is, is wrong now. And what he says is right 
2,000 years ago is right now. And it doesn't matter what I say or what you say. What matters is what he says. And guys, you know how we show, you know how we do what we, how we show what we believe is whether we're following him or not. Because guys, you, you can be a, a decent person. You can be a good person. Of course, the Bible says nobody's good but God. And, and we'll see that in a minute. But, but unless we're following him, we're, we're not where we need to be. Uh, listen, we, 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 we don't need to follow a, a denomination even. I, I believe the Baptist is the closest to where it is. That's, that's where I am. But I'm telling you, we don't need to follow the denomination. We need to follow Jesus. You don't just need to follow me as a, as a man of God, as, as a preacher, uh, you as a man or woman of God, and, and as a Christian, you, you know, some people are to be able to look at you and look at your life and, and see Jesus Christ and follow you to Jesus. But let me tell you something. Jesus is the one that we need to follow because the best that I can do to tell you what is right for you in your life can still be wrong unless the Lord tells me that's the way it is. So we need to follow him. My life should lead people to Jesus, hands down. Please understand that. It should. But I still need to follow Jesus. You need to follow Jesus because we're all called to different things. And, and, and if my relationship is based on somebody else's relationship, then I don't have a relationship with him. I, I could, as, as a godly as man as I think my granddaddy was, I can't go to heaven on his relationship. Now, his relationship can point me to Jesus. And, and his, his legacy and his, his examples and all those things points me to Jesus. But there had to be a time, and that happened in 1975, when, when I came to a point to where I knew that I was going to die and go to hell if I did not know Jesus. That's all I knew. That's all I understood. And, and, and that day in 1975, when, when the Holy Spirit was calling and I surrendered and I said, Lord, please save me. Hey, forgive me of my sins and save me. Man, I mean, it was that was the day my relationship with Jesus started. I'd heard about him all my life. I, I'd heard him preached. I'd heard him taught. I'd sit in Sunday school. I'd sit in preaching. But I'm telling you, to that day, that was the day for me that I became in a personal relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ, who is my Savior. And so who am I to follow? Am I to follow what the world tells me? Am I to follow what politics tells me? Am I to follow even sometimes what the church tells me? Because if you're not careful, we at the church will push a building and we'll push a program. And they're not wrong as long as God's leading in that direction. But Jesus is going to push the right thing. In a relationship with him, he's going to give us exactly what we need and where we need to go. And we need to understand that, folks. And we need to be careful about some of the advice we give out to people. Because if we're not careful, we're looking from a human standpoint. We're, we're, we're looking from, from a man's point of view many times, even though we are Christians and say we have a Christian view and a biblical view we still don't understand what God wants. I, I thought, thinking about Philip, I thought the Lord was changing the message on me right there a while ago. And, and he has changed it somewhat. <laughs> but I think about Philip. We, we first find Philip in, in about Acts chapter 6, right? And, and, and he's with Stephen. He's one of the ones chosen to take care of the widows and, and some of the things that the disciples needed to spend time in the Word of God. And they needed, needed to get some folks to help take care of the widows and some of the daily cares. And, and, and they wanted, the Bible says that they needed to, to get men full of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and godly people. And, and 
uh, old Philip, which they call him Philip the Evangelist, was, was one of those men. And, and he first waited on tables. And then you find him, you find him on down the road at Caesarea after everything got so hot and a lot of persecution in Jerusalem. He, he heads out and, and we find him in chapter 8 down at Caesarea, not Caesarea, Samaria, in Samarita, Samaritan. And he was down there to the Samaritans preaching Jesus. And, and he was in a full-blown revival, folks. People were getting saved. People were being healed. Demons were coming out of people. And then he gets the word and he says, God just tells him, go down this desert road. He didn't tell him where to go. He didn't tell him how to do it. He just tells him to go. And it says that Philip ran. He just went. He got up and went. And, and as he's going down the road, the Lord led him see a chariot, which is uh, a eunuch, for, uh, Ethiopian eunuch is sick in there. And, and, and he has him listen to him. You go to go read these. This is in chapter 8 too of Acts. And, 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 and he hears what he's reading. And, and the Holy Spirit says join him. And as he joins him, uh, he asks him the question, do you know what you're reading? And he says, how can I know if somebody doesn't tell me? And he says to him, the, the eunuch says to him, he says, who is this? Is, this? is this man talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? And he began to teach him right there where he was, not where Philip was, not in the mindset he was in, but he taught him right there where the Holy Spirit showed him that the man needed to know Jesus as his personal Savior. And then... You see the, the, the Spirit whisk him away and you find him over in the latter parts of Acts. You find him down uh, and, and down at Caesarea this time and, and he's housing uh, Paul who has come through there. We, we, we watch this man and we watch how he didn't follow people. He, he didn't follow the world standards. He didn't follow what the Jewish folks wanted him to. He followed Jesus. You know, Jesus comes by and he taps another guy on the shoulder. Oh, Matthew in Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. And Jesus passed by there and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So what did he do? He arose and followed him. Guys, can I ask you something? When is the last time that the Holy Spirit of God has come by and tapped you in your spiritual heart and says, hey, I want you to do this. And you immediately followed him. Or when is the last time he, he pulled in your heart and he asked you to do something and, and, and you said, Lord, this just don't make sense. It, it, it doesn't look good. It, it, I don't what's those folks going to say about me. You, you know, this doesn't fit with the criteria. It doesn't go against God's word, but it sure goes against me. And maybe this morning you're sitting here and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and the Holy Spirit's just, just pulling on you. He's just pulling on you. And you know it's Him. You can't explain it. And, and you know He's wanting you to surrender your life to Jesus and you're sitting there. No, 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 no. I fought Him for two years. Two years I run from Him. And every time I hear the Word of God, the conviction would be so straight, so strong. That day, that I, the, the, the night that I accepted His invitation finally in 1975, I was under conviction, Brother Jason, when I walked in on the front porch. Preacher didn't even have to preach. The music didn't even have to start, but it got worse when they did. And the Holy Spirit just, just pulled it on me. And I either had a choice to follow Him or not. And then every since then, folks, as we lead our daily life, it's not about me. It's not about it's not about where I go to work at. It's not about whose family I'm in. It's not about how much money I got in my pocket. It isn't about how ugly I am or how good looking I am. It is about whether I'm going to follow him or not. See, we're more concerned with making sure we got the right girlfriend or the right boyfriend or the right husband or the right wife, the right colored house. All those things are fine. Nothing wrong with them. 
as long as we're following him. You know, even we, we make sure we got the right team. You know, some people pulled for the right team last night and some didn't. You know, some some pulled for Carolina and got it right and some didn't. What does that matter, though, in the hill of beans? You know, it don't matter nothing unless we're following Jesus. We, we can argue about sports all we want to. We can argue about fishing and I shot the biggest deer and I caught the biggest fish. We, we, we can do all those things. But guys, what matters is are we following Jesus? It's what I'm doing in my life leading other people to Jesus. It's what we're doing in our church. It's just like these boxes right here, man. That's going to touch a lot of young people's hearts, isn't it? See, some of us in here say, oh, man, I'd be upset if I got that. Man, there's going to be some there's going to be some kids that are ecstatic and there's going to be some parents that are ecstatic. But see, not only is it going to fill the role as a as a gift, but it's going to teach them about Jesus in some way, shape or form. The greatest relationship they'll ever have. Listen, well, a couple more examples and I'm going to sit down. Uh, Matthew 16 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross and follow me. Now, what does that mean, guys? Here we go again. Follow me. But yet he says, deny himself and take up his cross. Guys, the only way that you and I can truly follow Jesus is to deny me. Take up the cross that the Lord has given me and follow him. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you a definition a, de a definition of taking up your cross, it, it refers to the, to, the, to the death march of a Christian as a disciple. Guys, back then in Jesus' time, when he talked about taking up a cross, those people could picture it because they'd seen people hanging on a cross where, where it was one of the most painful deaths that's ever been. And, and they could picture, you know, what it meant to take up a cross. So when people in his days truly surrendered and accepted an invitation from the Holy Spirit to be saved, man, let me tell you something. They understood what it meant to take up a cross. It, it means you're, you're, you're a Christian and, and you're, you're dead to everything else. It means you're on, on your death march. And you say, well, that's not very fun, preacher. No. But let me tell you something. The eternal life is, and, and, and knowing that God himself through the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you can't get any better than that if it costs you your life. And that's what we need to do as far as surrendering to him. Listen, uh, the, the, the cross that we take up is not things that we sin and have consequences for, okay? You know, if I eat a whole bag of M&M's and I get sick, that ain't taking my cross up for Christ. You know those M&Ms now? Oh, I like those coffee ones. And, and I got a deal, three bags for a certain amount, you know, online. And I ordered it, you know. And I, I give Dina one and I hid two. And, and, and they're, they're about that high and, and all. And I was sitting there the other night and broke one out. And I was nice. I offered her one. I just won. And... Uh, and, and, and I was eating it. She says, you're going to eat that whole bag. I said, there's so much air in it, you know. Uh, and, and, and those M&Ms just call my name, you know. There's, a, there's one more pack, and that thing is calling my name, you, you, you know. But all this weight that I gained from eating M&Ms, that's consequences from me. That ain't my cross. You, you know, just be, God doesn't require a preacher to be 50 five in a coat and 48 around the waist. You know, that's not his requirement. Look at your pastor. You know, he's, he's all chiseled out, you know, with muscle. Yeah. You know, he, he looking good. You know, I got to waddle around to get there. You understand? Yes, we want to blame our cross 
We want to, we want to blame our cross on, on, on somebody else, and we, we want to bring a blame that, oh, it's, it's because I'm being a Christian. Guys, your cross is what Christ has called you to do. And if I suffer because I preach the word of God, then that's a part of my cross. If your pastor suffers because he preaches the word of God in this pulpit and he suffers because of that, then that is because he has took up his cross and he has followed him. But if I suffer because I have do I do anything that's on my own or because I want to or in my will or not following him, then guys, that's, I can't blame that on Jesus. But if Jesus tells me to pick up and go across the road and tell somebody about Christ and they shoot a nine millimeter across my head and it scratch my head, then that's a cost to taking up my uh, that's a cost to taking up my cross. But if he tells me to uh, I go over there and borrow a bag of M&Ms from him and, and, and they shoot at me, that's a whole different ball game. You understand? Guys, taking up our cross means that we're, we're, going, we're willing to die to do what Christ has told us to do whether it's to go across the water or across the street or, or, or whatever it may be. And, and then he says, he talking about denying himself. Guys, that's when you, you deny yourself so you can be who Christ wants you to be. You know, he goes on and talks about, again, follow me. You've heard me talk about follow me, follow me. I want to give you a definition of that. Follow me requires the di disciple, the person that is going to follow somebody. It, 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 it gives them an example of a master emulating him, emulate, the example is emulating the master, which is Jesus. Uh, is doing what Jesus has asked us to do. You know, we, we see the footsteps, steps, the painting of the footsteps, just footsteps. And, and it should have a painting of one of us following behind him, stepping in those footsteps. I told him I like to follow when I was young. I won't say little, but when I was young, I'd follow my granddaddy's footsteps. And when I walked, I'd try to walk right in his footsteps, you know. And, and, and sometimes it cost us when we walk in people's footsteps. And, and, and I would try to, when he'd pick his foot up, I'd try to be right behind him to put mine there, you know? And, and, and one, one day we were over around in a swamp and I was, went to, he picked his foot up and I went to put mine down. There was a snake there. And I, I screamed so loud, I think it scared the snake, slammed to death. I don't know if he was poisoned or not, but I didn't care. But I was following my hero. I was following my mentor. And no matter what I got in, even after that day, just as soon as I got away from that snake, I was right back on his heels. He'd say, Warren, step back. <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to step on. And, and he'd let bushes, you know, he'd hit bushes and they'd hit me in the head because, you know, I was about hip high and they'd just be hitting me in the head. I, I didn't care. You know why? Because that was my hero. He, 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 was, he was the one that I kept my eye on. He was the one that was going to take me hunting and fishing and he was the one going to feed me fried chicken. And, 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 you know, he was the one, you know, I had my I had my focus on him. And folks, that's the way it needs to be with Jesus. And when we follow him, there's going to be snakes that jumps up. And when we follow him, there's going to be limbs that hits us in the head. And when we follow him, sometimes we're going to get in water. I, I've, I've, I've been in ditches with him where I was that much in water because I was following him, you know. We, we've got to trust him. I trusted my granddaddy no matter what I got into that he was going to get me out. And folks, I want to tell you. If we're going to follow Jesus, we got to trust him enough that no matter where we go, even if it costs me my life for following him, that he's going to handle it and he's going to take care of it. We talk about going home and being home. You know, it's awesome to come home, you know, 
And, and I think about the, the people that's gone on before us and even some of you sitting out there now that has made an impact in my life. You know, Philip was God. God used one man to make an impact in a lot of places of life. And there's a lot of people here at Dublin Baptist, Dublin First Baptist Church that have gone on to be with the Lord and that are still here that has made an impact on my life and, 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 and big footprints. But let me tell you something. If it don't point to Jesus, then, then it's not what it needs to be. And I know they pointed me to Jesus. I, I, I'm always thankful for that. Thankful for all that that people have done for me. Listen, when Jesus calls people, we must be willing to realign our previous plans and our goals that we set, leaning on Him and what's important. What's important in your life? What's the most important thing in your life? You know, what is it? If it is not following Jesus, if it is not Jesus Christ, then, then we got our priorities wrong. I, I believe with all my heart that it should be our, our, our relationship with Jesus Christ, our, our spouse, our children and family, you know, right on, right on down. It's just, it's, I believe that's biblical. And our service to the Lord. See, my service to the Lord is not as important as my relationship to Him. Because if my relationship with Him ain't right, then my service ain't going to be too good. So, so, so it has to start with a relationship. How do you follow Him? First, you got to know Him. Second, you got to spend time with Him. You, you, you got you to read His Word, guys. You, you, you say, well, I can't understand it. The only way you can understand it, if it's in the NIV, the NLT, the CSB, or the New King James, or the Old King James, whatever it is, the only way you're going to truly understand it spiritually is if the Holy Spirit of God helps you. Period. It don't matter if you can read it or not. If the Holy Spirit's not going to help you understand it, you're going to come to your own conclusion. And so we, we got to know him and we got to spend time with him and we got to wait on him. And, and, and guys, we can ask him anything. There's no doubt. I believe we can share anything because he knows anyhow. And if you don't repent of your sins, he knows them anyhow. You know, he's going to convince you of them. The question is, will you repent? But let me tell you something. If we don't spend time with him and, and wait and listen to him, then we're going to miss what he wants. We, we, we got to be still and know that he's God. Uh, you know, uh, I've been told many times, one mouth, two ears. What does that mean? You listen more than you talk. Most of us just like to hear ourselves talk. We, we don't care what we're saying, you know. I don't care if we're gossiping or whatever. Just, just I'm going to talk. You're going to hear what i got to say. You know, most people, when you're talking to them, they're sitting there trying to, uh, they're not even listening to you because they're trying to figure out what they're going to say next. Don't even know what you said. Folks, that's the way we are in preaching a lot of times or in Bible study, even in Sunday school. We're just too, we're, too, we're looking at too much of what we're going to do instead of hearing what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God's got to say to us. Listen, when you're following the Lord, it's all up to Him. Last examples in Luke 18, 18 through 23. One more, one more guy, he said, follow me. You know, we call him the rich young ruler, right? He, he, was a, he was a young man, evidently a good young man from what we can see. Of course, God told him nobody was good but God. But, but in, in our eyes, he would be good. You'd probably make him a deacon in your church. You, you might want to make the pastor. I don't know. Definitely want him in charge of the, the treasury because he was, had, had a lot of money from what I understand. 
And, and, and he came to Jesus now and, and he asked Jesus, he says, how do I obtain eternal life? And Jesus says, well, he said, uh, have you kept the commandments? And he, he lifted them out and he says, I've kept them. Well, either he lied or he was, he, he, he really thought he had. I don't know which, but none of us, all of us are sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord says, okay, we'll just and say you did. He, he says, well, you need to do one more, one thing. Sell all that you got and come and follow me. Give to the poor and come to follow me. Now, guys, I want you to understand something. Salvation is not about money and it's not about uh, how much money you give. It, it, it's not about working your way. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. Ephesians 2.8. Okay? Okay. And, and, and you've you got to understand that. But once we're Christians, that's when the works comes in. OK, but what what this guy was, he had a problem. The money was number one in his life. His material things was number one in his life. And I believe what Jesus was saying is, hey, you need to you need to come and you need to accept my invitation for salvation. And you need to make me number one in your life. And you do that by giving that money away. Who knows? Jesus might have given it back to him. I don't know. You know, or he may not. He may have had to live poor the rest of his life. But the decision, if he would have made for Jesus, he would have had eternal life and he would have lived forever. And he would have had everything he needed in the next life, whether he did in this life or not. Because, guys, we forget that, that one day we're, we're going to be judged for wh whether we know Christ or not. And if we don't know Christ, then we're going to be cast out into outer darkness and hell's fire and spend eternity. And let me tell you, uh, we may not live to be but 60 or 70 or 80, maybe 90, a few at 100, but eternity is ever and ever and ever and ever. And, and, and so he would not make Jesus first in his life. He would not accept Jesus' way. He would not allow Jesus to show him grace. He wanted to hold on to his money and his, and his self and his time and all the things he wanted to do. And he departed sadly. Guys, he couldn't follow Jesus because he didn't know him and he wouldn't turn loose. I, I want you to understand that you and I are not responsible for the results. We're not, but we are responsible for obedience. We are responsible for following him. We are responsible for doing things the way he says do. It is important. You say, you're just a stickler preacher. I'm telling you, after, after being a Christian since 1975 and after being a, um, in the ministry for, for a long time, guys, I, I've learned that the most important thing in the world is to know Jesus and to follow him. I, I can't say of anything. Everything else has to come through that. You, you, you know, and, and, and I, it's not easy. I, I tell you, when, when the Lord told Dina and myself to leave here, of course, he told me first, and then it liked to create a divorce. But, but, but when the Lord told me to leave here, I, I, thought, I thought it was the end of the world. You know, God was, God was, God was moving, and he, he had turned things, turned things in, in a direction. He was saving people, you know. It's kind of like Philip was in, in a revival, you know. And God says, no, this is not what I want. I got another man. And, and it's time for this man to take this job. And I got to send you somewhere else. And guys, I don't tell you, it, it, it isn't easy. It isn't, it isn't easy when God speaks sometimes. But it's the best. I would not, I told the folks this morning, I would not, if you to sit down and let me write out ministry, I wouldn't have done it the way I'd, I've had to do it. But standing here today, knowing that 
It's been God's will. And, and, and knowing that every time I followed him, he always took care of me. He always picked me up. He took care of my family. He was always there. I, I, I would have it no other way. But I can't, I can't write it out. See, we want it all planned out. Most of us, we, we just want it planned out. We, we got our itinerary, and God better do what our itinerary says. Or I'm not going to be a part. Well, see, God don't work like that. It's got to be His itinerary, or He don't bless it. God don't bless my mess, but He will bless His. Can't promise you how, how it'll be. Can't promise you you'll get what you want, but I can promise you this. When you walk where he wants you, even if he is loud and Satan attacking, and even if everything looks like it's falling apart, the truck won't run, the kids, you know, I'm telling you, it seemed like on Sunday morning everything fell apart in the pastor's house, you know? But he's always there, and he always will handle it. The question is, will we follow him? Would you pray with me? As the pastor comes, he's going to be up here this morning. You're here and you don't know Christ, please don't leave here. Come, come talk to your pastor. But guys, you can, you, can, you can set Christ right where you sit or right down the road. The main, main thing is answering his voice. And, and don't run from him. Run to him. Surrender to him. And you're here this morning and you know you're a Christian without a shadow of a doubt. Are you following him? Question should be, am I following Jesus? Am I obedient to him? If you're not, then he's convicting you right now. Are you going to listen to him? Altar's open right where you sit. Your pastor's here to pray with you. Please do what God asks him. And if you are where God wants you guys, you know you're his and you know you're doing what he wants, then there ought to be encouragement there. There ought to be a peace in your heart that follows that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the honor to stand in your house at Dublin. Lord, with your people this morning, please, your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.